Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. I want to take a moment just to thank you for being a part of the podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, then that means you have a leadership passion. You're really, really wanting to grow your leadership capacity. I've said it for years. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. So what I'm confident of is if you're listening to this podcast, it is your heartbeat to help others. Thank you so much for having that heart and having the desire to impact other people's lives. Well, today, before we jump into the lesson, I want to take a few moments and I just want to remind you of a great event coming up. I'm doing a roundtable in Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Now, what has happened is I've done roundtables for over 20 years, but this year, people who've heard me for decades have said, this is the very best content they've ever heard. This is an opportunity for you to develop your leadership skills, to advance your leadership capacity. So if you're anywhere in the Midwest, if you would just come and be a part of that, you can go to my webpage at Gerald Brooks Ministries and you can sign up for it. It's on June 21st. It starts at 9 o'clock. It's over at 3.30. I think it will be highly impactful for you. I think it will be a game changer in your leadership equation. So I want to encourage you to sign up. Well, today I want to talk to you about keys to staying current. keys to staying current. Now, when I talk about keys to staying current, let me just put that in perspective. I've done what I do for 42 years. So over four decades, I have served and led in some capacity. Now, I don't know how that compares to other tenures and other jobs, but at least in the ministry standpoint, the spiritual arena, that is a long, long time. So one of the questions I get asked is, how do you stay current? How do you stay current over decades? How do you make sure that you are doing the right things and really evolving your heart, even as your body may be getting older? How do you do that? Now, let me, before we even go any further, just say to those of you that are young, this is how you use this lesson. You reference me. If you have someone on your team, your staff, someone that's important to you, and maybe they are older like I am, and maybe they've done something for years and decades like I have, then you just want to reference me. You just want to say, hey, do you want to listen to a podcast of somebody who's done something for 42 years and is still current in what they're doing? And so I would just encourage you to use me as sort of the entryway to maybe get them interested. On the other hand, if you're young and you're just wanting to learn, what I would say to you is it doesn't matter what decade you're in, these principles will work for you. But some of the things that we are challenged by is that in Christian circles, we talk about being faithful. So, moreover, it is required of a steward that they be faithful. Well done, my good and faithful servant, that he hath enabled me who hath considered me faithful. We know that faithfulness is a premium when it comes to spiritual life. 
But yet at the same time, many times we take that word faithfulness and we disconnect it from other biblical words. See, faithfulness is not a replacement for fruitfulness. You have to be faithful and fruitful. And that's one of the tough questions that people deal with. What do you do when someone is still faithful, but they're no longer fruitful? And as a result of that, you have to have a tough conversation. Now, what I can tell you is I know what that's like. I know what it's like to look at people who've been faithful, but they're no longer fruitful. And people who many times will say, but I'm still faithful. But the Bible also talks about fruitfulness. So how do you begin to navigate those tough questions, faithfulness and fruitfulness? How do you begin to take those two concepts and merge them together? Well, let me just start by saying everyone needs to ask questions. I like to put it this way. The most important questions you will ever ask, you will not ask of others. You will ask them of yourselves. The most important questions are not what someone else asks me. It's what I ask me. So today, I want to walk you through a few questions, and then I want to give you some takeaways that I think can help you on learning how to stay current. Number one, are you growing? Are you growing? One of the things that the Bible emphasizes is that growth is a part of the biblical perspective. And yesterday's memories are not to be today's status quo. I know people who've done a lot of things for a lot of years, and whenever you talk to them, they talk to you about the past. They talk to you about ways that they did things, events that happened, opportunities that occurred, but they're always talking about the past. And see, if you're not careful, as you begin to get older, there are times when you can begin to let yesterday become your today. And the truth of the matter is one of the tough questions everyone, regardless of their age, has to ask is, am I growing? Am I really growing? See, growth isn't an age issue. It's a discipline issue. It's not about whether I've done it a year or I've done it 40 years. It's about discipline. Do I get up every day with the intent that I am going to learn I am going to be better at what I do and God's asked me to do. Do I have the discipline to be able to be a person who at the last part of their life is still engaged in a growth process? See, growth isn't easy regardless of your age. The person who's starting in a journey, they've got to grow. But the person who may be taking the final turn in their journey, they've got to grow. So the first question everyone has to ask them is, are they growing? Is it possible you're living off the memories of yesterday more than the disciplines of today? Today's disciplines are what God asks of us. God asks us to be growing people. So let me put it this way. Are you learning something you haven't learned before? Is there something that you're learning that you haven't learned before? Is there something that you're pouring yourself into that you somehow are beginning to get some collective knowledge? Is there something? So are you growing? Number two, do new things bother you? Do new things bother you? See, a lot of times, if you're going to be current, you've got to develop an adaptability to the new. 
You've got to be able to fulfill what was said in Isaiah 43 and verse 18 and 19 when God said, forget the former things, behold, I do a new thing. See, if you are bothered by new things, then you're going to miss God. So many times people who've done this for a few years, they'll say, I don't know why we have to do it this way. We've always done it a different way. But what God asks us to do is, can you do something that you've never done before? Can you learn something you've never learned before? Can you do something you've never done before? Are you open to new? Are you open to the fact that God wants to do a new thing? Are you just resistant? Well, that's not the way we used to do it. That's not what we've done before. Are you just the person who reminds everyone of yesterday? Are you the person who is open and available to what God wants to do today? It's interesting in the Bible that if you look at Jesus' healing ministry, one of the things that you will find is of the individual cases, not him healing multitudes, but in the individual cases of healing, he healed more people with blind eyes than any other disease. But do you know what's interesting? He never healed anyone with blind eyes the same way. Do you know what that's saying? God's saying, don't put me in a box and don't live like I'm in a box. If you are going to follow me, then you have to be willing to open yourself up to new. Are you willing to do that which is new? So the first question, are you growing? Do you have that capability to learn something you haven't learned? Do new things bother you? Can you do something you haven't done before? Number three, is there gas in your tank? Is there gas in your tank? Maybe this way of putting it, or are you just running on fumes? Is there gas in your tank? Are you just running on fumes? Are you just collecting the vapors of yesterday and somehow those are slowly turning the gears today? See, here's the thing about being old. When you're older, you may have to fill up more often, but you don't have to act like you've run out of gas. And that's what the Bible says. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. What is it saying? Hey, when you get older, you may have to fill up with gas more often, but don't act like you've run out of gas. That is one of my pet peeves. When I'm around people of my generation who want to say, oh, well, I've done so much. I've accomplished so much. I'm already doing this. I'm doing that. These are the things that I've already done. Look at my wall of history here. Can I tell you something? This is the day that the Lord hath made. Behold, today is the day of salvation. God is looking at our lives and he's excited about what happened yesterday, but he's thrilled about what he wants to do today. So in your life, is there gas in your tank? Are you just living off the fumes? Are you running on fumes? Are you going beyond just the fumes? You may be older and have to fill up more often. But you don't have to live your life like you've run out of gas. Number four, have you lost your passion for others? Have you lost your passion for others? See, when you lose your passion for other people, the world keeps getting smaller. And the smaller the world gets, 
the more compressed your life gets. If you want to see the bigness of God, you look at people. It says Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. What was that joy? It was you and it was me. He said, I'm willing to put up with things today so that I can have a relationship with these people tomorrow. What I want you to know is simply this. If you've lost your passion for others, you've really lost the main component of your life. When you get up in the morning, is there something that drives you, that makes you think outward rather than inward? Is there something that drives you that makes you think bigger rather than smaller? Is there something that drives you that makes you think of others instead of yourself? If you've lost your passion for others, man, that is a dangerous place to be. So if I'm going to stay current, I've got to ask the questions, am I growing? Do new things bother me? Is there gas in my tank? Have I lost the passion for others? Number five, do you have a lot of ideas for others, but no ideas for you? You know, one of the things that interests me, when people get older, they have a lot of ideas for everybody else, but they no longer have an idea for them. What is it that you're thinking about that you should do? What is it that you're thinking about that you should accomplish? What is the next on the list? Are you just looking at the bucket list? Are you looking at God's list? See, God's list doesn't have a bottom to it. There's always next. What's next? Do you have ideas just for others? It amazes me when you get a group of people that have maybe taken a length of time and journey, they can sit there and say, well, this person should do this. This person should do that. This person should accomplish this. But do you know what God says? I've got some thoughts for you too. My thoughts for you are not for evil. They're for good to give you a hope and a future. But God has some thoughts. So do you have a lot of ideas for others, but none for you? Is your mantra in life, I can tell them a thing or two? Or do you have a better mantra in life? Let me tell you what God's telling me. Number six, has your attitude become increasingly critical? You know how it is. You've lived life, you've gone through hardship, you've gone through pain, you've gone through difficulty. Because you've gone through hardship, you've gone through pain, you now wear it. You've now lived. But what happens is, is many times we let our pain become more important than God's promise. And if I can be very honest, some of you have been through some horrible things. And that pain is real. But you can never let your pain in life be bigger than God's promise for your life. Doesn't mean that there wasn't legit pain. It just means that God's promise is bigger than our pain. God's presence is greater than our pain. And so God's sitting there and he's beginning to look at you and he's asking a couple of questions. Have you let your attitude just grow old and critical? Are you now the person who criticizes everything else? Rather than cheering people on, you criticize people down. Unfortunately, there's too many models of that, of people who are overtly critical rather than cheerful. 
in life, our destiny is not to go grow old and cranky. That's not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to grow cheerful. We're supposed to finish our course with joy. So has your attitude become increasingly critical? And seven, do you listen or do you just talk? As you grow older, there tends to be a tendency that our words go up, but our listening goes down. Our words go up, but our listening goes down. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 19, it says we're to be slow to speak, but we're to be quick to listen. The problem is when you get old, you tend to revert that. And you're quick to speak and you're slow to listen. So questions you've got to ask yourself if you're going to be current. Are you growing? Do new things bother you? Is there gas in your tank? Have you lost your passion for others? Do you have a lot of idea for others but none for you? Has your attitude become increasingly critical? Do you listen or just talk? Now, with all that being said, if you'll ask those questions, that'll get you to a place that you can get to this. Keys to keeping your heart in the game. Keys to keeping your heart in the game. So if you'll ask the tough questions, the honest questions, then what are the keys to keeping your heart in the game? What we know is this. Your flesh grows old, but your heart does not. Your flesh is temporal. Your heart is eternal. We know that from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. We've already quoted it. The outer man decays, but the inward man is renewed. So, how do we keep our heart in the game? Well, if you're going to do it, you are going to have to develop your heart skills. You're going to have to develop your heart skills. In Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 20 through 22, it gives us a sequence of thoughts that involve our heart. The first thing that it tells us about our heart is that we have to be careful about the access points to our heart. Those access points, those doorways that create opportunity for our heart. And the Bible talks about how we need to give a certain degree of discretion when it comes to those doorways. So what does it say in Proverbs chapter 4? It says this, what you pay attention to gets in your heart. He says, attend in the King James. What is he saying? Whatever you pay attention to over a period of time, that gets in your heart. So you've got to watch the access points. And the first thing is, what are you paying attention to? Are you 24-7 news? Are you always hearing the negative? Are you always hearing the put down? What is it that you pay attention to? Whatever you give attention to is what consumes your heart. So make sure you're giving attention to good things so your heart is consumed by those. It not only says it's what we pay attention, 
but it says incline your ear. It's what you listen to. So he's talking about access points, what we pay attention to, what we listen to. And he says, what is it that you're listening to? See, today on anyone's cell phone, they can have their favorites. Their favorites are the things that they listen to over and over and over. In the old days, we called it a mixtape. Yes, some of you young kids don't have a clue, but it was our mixtape. Today, it's your favorites. But it's what you listen to over and over. And so he says in there, if you're going to keep your heart, if you're going to guard your heart, you got to watch what you pay attention to. You have to watch what you listen to. And then it talks about not only listening to things, but what you watch. What is it that you're looking at? Three access points, what you pay attention to, what you listen to, what you're watching. What is it that you're keeping your eye on? And then he goes on and he says, keep. It's what you diligently do continually. So four access points. He says, you've got to learn the access points of your life. What you pay attention to, what you listen to, what you watch, and what you continually do. Those are the access points. So are you keeping them? If you're going to keep your heart healthy, it's what you pay attention to, what you listen to, what you watch, and what you continually do. Those are the access points. But if you go further on, you will find out in Psalm 15 and verse 2, we are told this. He speaks truth in his heart. So when it comes to our heart skills, we have access points, four of them, what we pay attention to, listen to, watch, and do. Those are the access points. But then there are the talking points. And the talking points are these. The talking points are the fact that we do a few things and we just emphasize them. See, here's the thing about your talking points. It says he speaks truth in his heart. When you talk, you listen. When you talk, you listen. See, nobody else may listen to you, but when you talk, you listen to you. But here's the thing. You can edit what you say to you. If you're going to listen to you, what are you saying to you? So if you're going to develop heart skills, it's access points, it's talking points. But it's not only talking points, it's the biblical points. And biblical points go like this. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, the words that he speaks our spirit and life. Are you exposing your heart to the life of God regularly by exposing your heart to the word of God? It's the constant examination of the word of God, that the word of God is a two-edged sword that divides between. Are you not only exposing your heart to the word of God, but are you letting your heart be under the scrutiny of the word of God? And then it's the transparency of the word of God. Search me and try me and show me. 
So if you're going to have a healthy heart and keep your heart in the game, you got to watch the access points. You got to watch the talking points. You've got to watch the biblical points. And then you have to watch the prayer points. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, it talks about Jesus separating himself and he went and he prayed. Do you allow your best time to be your prayer time? See, usually for most people, their prayer time is their other time. But God wants our prayer time to be our best time. And so in your life, do you do what Jesus does and do you get alone and there you pray? So we're talking about prayer points. And then there's the friend points. Number five. It says a wise man becomes wise because he hangs around people who are wise. You have to find people who will stretch you. You have to find people who will grow you. There are people when I'm around them, they make me think bigger. They make me think better. They make me live bigger. They make me live better. Those are the people I want to be around. I don't want to be around the people who make me comfortable with what I've already done. I want to be around people who make me uncomfortable and tell me I can do more than I've ever done. See, if you're going to keep your heart in the game, then keeping your heart is you've got to develop the heart skills, the access points to your heart, the talking points to your heart, the biblical points of your heart, the prayer points in your heart, and the friend points in your heart. But if you'll create that kind of avenue, here's what I'll tell you. Those kind of things give you the ability to keep your heart in the game. And it doesn't matter whether you're like, David, I've been young, but now I'm old. Your heart will be in the game. And that's my prayer for every one of you. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I just want to take a minute and again remind you, June 21st, we'll be in Grand Rapids area and we will be doing an amazing roundtable. Please jump on my website, CherylBrooksMinistries.com. It has all of the events we're doing. It has all of the resources we have. It gives you an opportunity to just hook up and to be a part of some great things. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.